0: well good morning everybody happy Australia Day a poignant skit there from the skit brothers we'll touch on that a little bit later on in my message well this is the fourth message in our series from little things I can't do it exactly big things grow from little things big things grow and we're we're talking about things like habits you know, what are the habits that we can change in our life that will, over time, see a difference? And in the first service, I briefly mentioned about my walking habit. <laughs> Since for the last four or five months, I've been walking every day. And it's just, I don't know, a little thing, 30 minutes a day, and it's really helped me uh, mentally and physically and even emotionally, you know, in uh, just, I don't know, I've really enjoyed it. And it's amazing I'm seeing some different big things happen as a result of just a little time that I put aside each day for exercise. And there's so many other things, of course, that we could talk about, our devotions each day and and our, how we, what we look at and what we read and what we do uh, behind closed doors, as it were. But this morning, my focus is on words. Words. Words that we say. Words that we perhaps don't say. And I believe uh, in this wholeheartedly that if we can consider and think about the words that we are saying it can make and, and start to make some a correction and some adjustments uh, with God's help, then we can see significant changes in a whole host of dimensions within our life. Words are powerful. Proverbs 18 verse 21 tells us that. King Solomon said this, there is life and death in the power of our tongue, in the power of of words. Wow. Life and death. What we say, what is said to us, impacts, changes, affects our life one way or the other. It can move us in a certain direction. Words are powerful. I believe that. And I hope you do too this morning. Hebrews, uh, in fact it says that God created the heavens and the earth with his words. He brought life through the power of his word. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says that Jesus upholds all things by the power of his word. Wow. His powerful word sustains this earth as we speak. I wouldn't want him to say anything, you know, say anything right now. <laughs> it could t- change the, d- the very dimensions of our earth, of our world, wouldn't it? Well, no, I'm, I'm, I don't want to hold Jesus back from saying what he needs to say. In John 6, verse 63, it says that Jesus said this of himself. He said his words were full of life and of spirit. Full of spirit and of life. If you want to know, if you want to experience life-changing words, life-giving words, get into the scripture. Speak about God's word. Let it envelop you. And so that is a critical habit. And I know Pastor John shared about that a couple of weeks ago. Letting the word of God Uh, Come into your life because the words of the Lord are life-giving words. They are powerful words and they bear good fruit. Peter, in that same chapter, chapter 6 of John, he says about Jesus, he says, Jesus, you and you alone have the words of eternal life. Wow. Who else has the words of eternal life? Words of eternal life. Just on that point, Romans 10 verse 9 says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In just a moment of time, you could go from being separate from God to being connected with God. From, being, from experiencing Christless eternity to a heaven experience to being with Jesus for all eternity, there is a powerful element to this. The words that we speak are important, are vital. They are life giving or they can be uh, death giving in a sense. It's true, a word, I think, can make a huge difference. I mean, think about this in summary form a word can rescue a soul from a Christless eternity. Think about the word. Uh, the person that might have led you to Christ or spoke to you about Jesus. Inevitably, in most cases, it is an individual who shares their their Christian experience with you and and challenges you to come to Christ in some way. For me, it was my neighbour. One particular day, I'm out there playing a bit of sport, cricket, which is my preferred sport in the summer, and he just walks across across the road. He says, Darren, I've been noticing you. And he said, Darren, you know, have you ever thought about Christianity? I "I was eight, 17 or 18 at the time. I said, no, I haven't thought about Christianity at all. What are you talking about? I'm a, you know, and I'm this and I'm that, and we chaired. And he says, you know, look, I go to a local church. And, you know, this is what Christianity is about. And he began to share with me. And somehow, and he said, hey, I'm going to get, look, you're not interested? Okay, fair enough. I'm going to get the whole church to pray for you. I thought, oh. <laughs> I said, ooh, you know. And he said, oh, I'm going to do it. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, cut a long story short. You know, from that moment, seriously, I started to have a desire to sort of get to know God a bit. So I, I, was, a, I was brought up a Catholic and I thought, well, within weeks I, was, I thought, well, I'm going to go back to church, okay. I, I don't know why, but I just feel like doing it. He must have done it. He must have got the church to pray. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> I'm so pleased he did. And uh, cut a long story short, I, ultimately six months later, I actually became a Christian by going to a, a, a Christian, an evangelical church that, and, uh, that, that shared the gospel and uh, led me, and I was able to come to Christ through that experience. A word. It was just a, a conversation that lasted no more than five minutes but somehow it impacted me seriously. A word can inspire hope. It can bring comfort and peace. A word can heal a relationship. It's amazing how the words, sorry, said in a genuine way can heal a relationship. A word can confirm talent. You know, have you ever done something? Perhaps you were a child and you you got up and did something, and your mum came up and said, Darling, that was amazing. You have such talent. You are really skilled in this area. Wow, that I'm so proud of you. And you just went, whoa. Hey, I'm pretty good at this. People are saying that, and you start to pursue that. It's amazing how it can tip you in a certain direction. A word can stretch you, take you, stretch your mind. A word can confirm a calling. A word can spark a dream. A single word, a sentence, a conversation. Perhaps it's a parent speaking to the life of their children day after day, week after week, year after year, just speaking life, speaking hope, speaking dreams into their life and, and ultimately it leads to a, a life of fulfilment and calling and, uh, and the desire that the parents have for their children. See words have power to bring life into a situation. I, I remember so many years ago that Dr. Derek Prince, and some of you may know his teaching and his ministry, and he shared in this church, and it was a, an incredible Sunday, Saturday and a Sunday that he, he shared. Saturday, I know, uh, it was Saturday afternoon in this church, and it was packed. There were people hanging from the rafters, literally. There were people in every this, there was 500 people in this auditorium. And every word that he said, people were hanging on. I was amazed. And he was a quiet, dignified, very British type person. He spoke in a very deep and British accent. He was almost like Winston Churchill. I don't know how Winston Churchill spoke, but it just felt like that. It was amazing. It was quiet. But his words had power and authority. And I was just, wow, this guy's good. And then he started to pray for people quietly and things started to happen. I just, I was amazed. I was the song leader that day and I was up here on the stage and he was praying for people. It was so quiet. So, but he was praying for people and he just spoke words of life into people and they were touched and delivered and healed and it was a dynamic event and I'll never forget it for the rest of my days. But my wife will never forget it either because Ruth Prince, his wife, walked up to Dorothy who was on the piano and she was playing beautifully and she was stuck on the piano and she wanted to be you know, in amongst the action and help out and do whatever. She wanted to receive something from God and Ruth came up to her and laid her hands on Dorothy's shoulder and said a word that seared deeply, a single word which touched her deeply and seared into her spirit and has remained with her all the days since, and it was simply the word grace. Little did Dorothy know at the time that she needed grace in her life to deal and manage and survive and and flourish through all kinds of different circumstances and situations. Isn't it great when you hear words like, I think you're a special person? you're beautiful Ooh, thank you i love you i love you so much don't say it like that well maybe that's your style i don't know but you know i'm so blessed to have you in my life i am so proud of you you look gorgeous you're so talented you could really go places you're the best thing that's ever happened to me i am praying for you look I'm sort of mixing it up here. Marriage, children, friends, family, connections. You know, like there's so many uh, relationships and connections. But isn't it wonderful to hear positive, powerful, dynamic, encouraging words that, that come into our life? Think for a moment in your life, a time in your life when someone said a positive word to you, that someone said a life-changing word, an encouraging word, a God-given word in your life. Maybe it was a pastor or a parent or a friend or a family member or even a stranger. Maybe it was a teacher, a coach. Just think back over your life. It's okay if you can't think of anything off the top of your head, but I want you to think about that in the course of the next week. If you can't think of anything straight up, but someone who's spoken into your life that has been, that has helped you, that has encouraged you, that's comforted you, it might might not be anything massively significant, but it's just kept you going in your Christian life. It's stirred you on, it's caused you to go further. But in contrast, words, whilst they are life giving, it's funny how we can then speak words that are death-giving. Words that can cause great damage in our life and can affect the direction in which our lives go. Words can hurt. There's no doubt about it. Words can discourage a person. They can quench a dream. They can bring fear and anxiety into a life. Words can stir up anger. They can damage a relationship quite easily. A word can damage a reputation. A word can make us doubt ourselves, question our abilities. It's not just words that people say to us, but it's words that we say to ourselves. Have you ever thought about that? Words that we say to ourselves. Just a a little illustration of that happened this week. I had the great privilege of going to my absolutely most favorite shop in all of Brisbane. Ikea. I felt like saying Ikea, just for a stir. <laughs> Has anyone been to that place? It's massive. It's almost as big as Walmart, if not bigger, in America. It's like whoa. And it's, you've got to follow the path, follow the rabbit trail. There's only one direction. I love trying to find the secret sort of sort, of, sort of cut-offs where you can move through it a lot quicker. But anyway, look, I don't want to get to sidetracked by this. The point of this story is, is that... Uh, well, the outcome led to me saying a few things about myself that I wasn't too happy about. I bought this desk. I was there for hours measuring it all up, looking at it, considering it. I was talking to the attendant and sort of, you know, in my mind I had it all measured out and worked out and thought, this is great. Oh, this, we've got a new desk. My wife has, in a sense, uh, agreed that I can freshen up our study area. So I went to IKEA, the place where dreams of, that can be, <laughs> can be made possible, all right, in a cheap way, all right? I love that. Okay, so I bought these desks, and I bought this corner thing. It was just beautiful. Oh, it's going to look so good. And anyway, I tried to get it in the car, and I look, I'm talking two and a half hours into the experience here. I tried to get this one piece into the car, and I couldn't do it. And I'm thinking, and I, I tried every angle, every configuration, every method, every strategy, and I just could not get it in. I even ripped some of the paper off to sort of reduce the... Uh, anyway, look, oh, Ikea. So I, <laughs> I went up and, I went upstairs and I said, look, how much does it cost to get it delivered? It was 10 to 7 by this time, and, and it was, they were just about to close. And I said, look, she said $60. I thought, no, I'm not paying $60 for this one piece. So I went downstairs and tried again, and I spent another 15 minutes, and I was so upset. Anyway, this Indian gentleman came along, and he says, "I can help you." Oh, sorry. <laughs> and you know, within one moment, moment, he put it in the car. It was brilliant. He just maneuvered it in it, and it went in beautifully. By this, t- <laughs> 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 by this time, we were talking two and a half hours in. I was still, I was feeling a little frustrated. It was about seven, seven thirty at night. Hadn't been home, and blah blah blah. Got home, and after a little while, I, I managed to maneuver it out and. Got it into the study and had a look at it, and then I realized something the jolly thing didn't fit. (laughs) The words that came out of my mouth shocked me. I am such an idiot. How could I make such a mistake? I've wasted three hours of my life doing this. Why? Where did I go wrong? Didn't I measure correctly? No, I was just berating myself. And I just, I, I said some things about myself that I thought, hang on. I'm not a failure. I'm not pathetic. I'm not, you know, I'm not stupid. <laughs> Even though I, I said those things, I, I said, no. And I'm preaching this Sunday on the very topic that I'm (laughs) struggling with. Oh, dear. You know, I started to feel pretty bad. I was already feeling pretty bad. But as I was speaking out these things, it was like I was planting more seeds into my life and I was starting to spiral down with some of the words that I was saying about myself. Now, that was just a, a single mistake. Yes, I had to put it back in the car and then I had to take it back the next day on my birthday, but anyway, I won't talk about that. <laughs> so I was, I was still saying certain things as I was heading there, but then I thought, no, no, I'm an overcomer in Christ. I'm a, God is good. You know, I'm blessed to, anyway, and I started to sort of correct my thinking and, and my words. Now, I know this is just a minor thing, but, you know, some of the words we say about ourselves, I mean, what are we saying about ourselves? What are you saying to others? And another question is, what, has people, what have people said to you that have been damaging? I'm going to give you some examples. You're pathetic. Now I'm not looking at anybody when I say that all right? I'm going to look up into the sky. I wish we were never married. You give me nothing. I hate you. You're lazy, you're a pig! I can't stand you, get out of my sight, you're stupid. You'll never make it, what's wrong with you? You're too old, no one wants you, no one likes you. You can't do it, you're ugly, get away from me. Why can't you be more like your sister or your brother? I'm sorry you were ever born. You're crazy, you're fat. What kind of Christian are you? Give up. God's not with you. You want to be a preacher? You can't be serious. I was going to do a John McEnroe McEnroe thing there, but it didn't work. (laughs) Give me a break. You never help. You're you're a twit. You'll never amount to anything. You don't have what it takes. This mess will never end. You'll never get a boyfriend. They are cruel, hurtful, horrible. Disgusting words. If there's one thing as a teacher I dislike more than anything among students, it's bullying. When one student controls another by their words, puts them down and speaks terrible things about them. I get angry, righteously angry, and I don't tolerate it in my classes. Perhaps it's because I felt a little bit of bullying When I was a teenager, when I was young, I had very skinny legs. (laughs) I still do, actually. (laughs) And I was called certain names because of it. Nobby and other terms, which we won't mention here. I wonder if you've ever experienced hurtful words. I was really praying about this aspect of the message today, and I really felt, and I had this inkling in my heart that There were some that God wants to minister to this morning in this area. Words that just have impacted you and that are hard to shake, that really affected you and changed your life. If you look at a marriage relationship that is struggling, there is no doubt and for sure, in fact, I can say for certain, that there will be life-taking words happening. In that relationship or a work relationship that's turning sour there will be life taking words and in contrast there's a marriage that is strong that is growing that is developing there will be an abundance of life giving words life giving words or a work situation that is thriving life giving words Solomon the great wise man for many years of his life Wrote some incredible uh, thoughts uh, about words, and he contrasted, and he proved the fact that there is great power in the words that we speak and that we receive. Proverbs twelve eighteen says, "The words of a reckless pierce like a sword, but the tongue of a wise of the wise brings healing." I love this one. Proverbs fifteen verse one: "A gentle answer turns away wrath." but a harsh word stirs up anger. We can't ignore a chapter in James that talks a lot about the power of words and the influence they can have, not only in our life, but in the lives of others. And as we look at this passage of Scripture this morning, uh, just listen as as I just read a few verses, and they will be on the PowerPoint as well. We all stumble in many ways, and if anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man. How do you know a perfect man? Well, there isn't one apart from Jesus, but they don't ever say the wrong thing. There's certainly areas for improvement in all of us, I think. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire. There's a fire in there, the tongue. And what we say the words that come out of our mouth can spark something that can lead to a great forest fire. Wow, what an analogy. It says that it corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is in itself set on fire by hell. And he goes on, Wow, the tongue, the words that we speak, very small part of the body, yet have such great influence. I'm particularly drawn to the point that like a ship, it's, it's the rudder of the ship. And the direction that the pilot wants to go, he moves the ship in the direction that he wants to go. And what enables that ship to move in the direction that he wants to go is the little thing at the back, the little tail, the little tiny rudder. And as he turns the ship, the rudder moves with it. The rudder is what turns the ship in the direction that he wants to go. He's very taken by that. And I thought, it's a very, very big point here. If we want to change the life we have, we need to change the words we speak. If we want to change the direction of our life, we need to change the words in which we speak. Interesting, in verse 5 he says, the likewise the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. I love the NLT version which says the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. Think about the, the messages that you've heard over the years. The good ones and then the not so good ones. The ones that keep you awake I'm looking around now or the ones that send you to sleep. What did God speak to you in that message? I mean the power of a message. That's why I personally love uh, the opportunity and the privilege of being able to speak because it's tremendous opportunity and responsibility in, in sharing the Word of God. And I don't take it lightly, but it's, it's a great thrill and a joy for me to have this opportunity. Words, in a nutshell, looking at the uh, numerous scriptures and particularly James chapter 3, have tremendous power. And I think it is important from time to time in our Christian life to take stock of what it is we say, what it is, how we say it, when we say it, what, and what we don't say that we should say. Words are important. And in view of God's love for us in view of God's grace and mercy and in view of his sacrifice in view of the sacrifice of Christ and taking into consideration, Carl mentioned in the first week, the call to follow Christ, to follow him in every area of life I believe it becomes absolutely necessary that we yield that we yield our tongue to God afresh, that we say Lord I want to change, I want to grow, I want to be better in what i say in how i say it in when i say things god help me to change and i am convinced that if we look at these this little part of our body if we think about what we're saying and correct a few areas then we may see tremendous change over a period of time what changes are you talking about Darren? really i'm talking about a closer walk with christ I'm talking about drawing nearer to God. I'm talking about having better relationships, transformed relationships, to be honest. I'm talking about helping us to steer our lives in the direction we want to go. I want to go to university. I want to become such a, oh, I couldn't do that. It's like we have conversations with ourselves. You see, our heart says, oh, this is the direction God wants me to go in. But then we start to say, oh, no way. Can't do it. I'm hopeless. I haven't got the OP score. I'm not good enough. I'm this. I'm that. I'm blah, blah, blah. And we, we begin to just sabotage the direction in which God is calling us to. Hang on, God, if you've called me in this direction, I'm going to yield myself to you. I'm going to look at options. I'm going to consider. Give me wisdom, Lord. How can I approach this situation in a way that uh, uh, will allow me to, 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 to do what it is you've called me to do? It's amazing, the rudder, how it can help steer us in the direction, in one direction or another. I recently came across this statement which sort of summarises what I'm saying here. We may not be able to change the destination straight away, but we can change the direction. Words play a role in plotting a new course for our life and perhaps the lives of others. And this morning, just for a few moments, I want to, give you three ideas three things or keys that you can work on in 2015 2015 that will help us help you and I can honestly say these things have really helped me in my Christian life to draw nearer to God to improve relationships and to to see a, a greater sort of I guess move in the direction which God is calling me to firstly I want to leave you with three 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 ideas. If you can't say something nice, then skip it. If you can't say something good, skip it. Oh, but hang on, hang on. There is a place for truth, Darren. Yes, and I will share briefly on that. But this is a toughie. This is a toughie because I'm in a profession where fault finding, criticizing, lecturing, and even gossip are issues, and I have to deal with those. Some of us can be have tendencies and leanings in that direction. But Ephesians 4.29 says this, Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. What a wonderful and challenging scripture from the Apostle Paul. A wise man once said this, Careless words are like the feathers of scattered in the wind you cannot retrieve them we've got to watch what we say and i'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one here but there is a place for correction and challenge absolutely absolutely the bible says that we need to speak the truth but in love in love and that means it should be done with great thought with gentleness with the right motive right time and right place there is a place for truth speaking. I'm not saying lie in in any way shape or form. Obviously not. But I think uh, as a whole as a rule of thumb we need to cut back on what we say in a negative sense to others and ourselves and start to uh, consider the second point and that is this. If you think something good, then say it. If you're thinking something good, say it. Proverbs 16 verse 24 says gracious words are like honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones good words gracious words kind words encouraging words in fact i want to say the bible even says in hebrews 3 verse 13 it says encourage one another daily oh yeah right no no Encourage one another daily. We need to be thinking about others, thinking about ways and abilities to encourage one another. This world is so full of negativity. You just turn on the news, and how many times they say fear? And to counter this, I think we need to become people who speak encouraging, building words, imparting courage, giving hope that show care, that words that stir one another up for good deeds. So I want to encourage us all. Try to become thoughtful, what I call thoughtful encouragers. Looking not just for the large things, and I think as a church as a whole, we do that great. And I'm not saying we don't encourage one another. But I want to encourage you to think about the less obvious things, the less obvious things that are going on. And look for ways to encourage others. Little improvements that you see. Faithfulness. Just for having a go. The support that someone gives. Comments like, you're important to me and to this church. You are valued. I'm praying for you. You're on my heart. could be just a single word. And you know, it's amazing how encouraging that can be. And there's research that suggests, and I've done a fair bit of reading on this, that when someone is encouraged, the neurons in the brain start to fire up. Something happens, all right, to serotonin, to the neurons, to things, and we start to feel good. God's weighed us this way. It's, it's a way, it's like exercise. It sort of releases endorphins and it makes you feel pretty good, but in the same way, encouraging one another, sort of actually, it just sort of, hey. It's amazing when you encourage young, young boys at school. You know, they sort of, the chest starts to puff up Thank you very much. You know, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. There is a change, there's a transformation. I remember coming to this church uh, some years ago, and in fact, it was only last year that a, a gentleman over in that corner, I won't mention a person's name, but came up to me and said, Darren, you know, when I first, my very first day at this church, some 25 years ago or so was uh, amazing because you were on the gr- door and you were greeting me and you greeted me with a smile and a handshake and and you said you know welcome to church It's good to have you here and, and he just i don't know and he said you know you were one of the reasons i stayed in this church because i thought well hey if that's the sort of person that's in this church I'm, i feel pretty good and i'm thinking whoa thank you very much i feel pretty good actually not in a prideful way or a boastful way. You know, look how good I am. I'm a good encourager, you know. No, just because, you know what, I needed it. I need encouragement. The Bible says encourage one another every day. And why? We need, to, we need it. God knows how we're wired. I love my wife for so many reasons, but one of the reasons I love her is because she knows how to encourage And every now and then she just surprises me. We're sitting down at the dinner table and out of the blue we're just eating our chops, lamb chops and (laughs) mash. (laughs) And she says, you know, Darren, being married to you is a dream come true for me. I said, sorry? She said it was a dream of hers to share a person, share share a life, with a person like me. She shared a few other things which I won't divulge, but you know what? I was <laughs> I was pretty amazed. I you know I felt pretty good. I thought, Haha. I thought, yeah. You know I started to think, wow, you're amazing. I started to love her back. I thought, I felt like saying something really good about Dorothy. It's amazing how it sort of... Just briefly, I want to touch on this issue of why, why we hold back. You know, sometimes we do hold back. And I want to touch on the issue of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes God gives us words for people. Sometimes we are, we do give words of encouragement. We, we're meant to be giving words of encouragement. We hold back. Why? And primarily, I think the reason is the same reason that I struggle with this. It's because we're... We're afraid that it's not God. We think, oh no, that can't be God. No way in the living world is that God. I don't know. Or, nah, that's just me. A few years ago, I was praying about a message that I was about to bring in, it was in a different church. And, and for some reason, I, I just couldn't escape this feeling that God that wanted me to give a word of knowledge, which is, it's just an insight from God into a condition or a situation that people might be in or have. I was as reluctant as they come about this because, you know, I've seen it in operation and I I confess that I had a bit of scepticism about it. I thought, how can they? And I had functioned in that area and I thought, well, God, you know, and it was sort of hit and miss and I was so cloudy and I didn't know and I thought, nah, I'm going to shelve that. I wonder if there are people here today that have shelved the gifts that are in their heart and mind, because, well, it's just not working. It's, I'm not 100% about it. I don't know. I wonder if there are people here today that, have, that God has placed... A, and I know God places gifts for different times and different seasons, but perhaps, maybe I'm speaking prophetically here, but I just believe there are people here with gifts who have the ability to pray for people and lay hands on the sick and they will recover. There are gifts of healing, gifts of miracles. God, we want to see your hand at work. But in particular, there are speaking gifts, the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning spirit. There are other gifts, prophecy as well, sorry. And I think I was reluctant. I just said, Lord, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I'm just not going to do it because I just don't feel right. I think it's—I don't know if it's going to be right. I feel like it's hit and miss, it's wrong. And I, all the words, the rudder was going in a different direction even though God was telling me to go in that direction. So I just stopped and I said, okay, God, I give in, I'm going to do it. What do you want me to really say? I don't know. Is this really you? He said, Darren, there's someone here in this congregation who has an esophageal condition or there's someone that you need to pray for in this regard and you need to pray for them. Now, this lady is actually in our church now. And Sandy came forward for prayer and she said, Darren, it's not me, it's my father-in-law. I said, what's happening? He said, well, the short story is that he has terminal cancer. He only has weeks to live. They're doing an emergency operation to try and prolong his life for a few months. Tomorrow on his esophagus. They're going to stretch his esophagus. And she went through the details of this particular procedure and it just blew my mind i said well god i don't know look let's pray god we just pray about the situation and we ask you to intervene they, they, they performed surgery on him the next day the doctors without a word of a lie were absolutely astounded at how well he responded to the surgery it was a complete and utter success he was out of hospital he was supposed to be in hospital for three to four weeks in recovery he was out of hospital within three days the doctors were in shock. They could not believe that this man could leave with such a terminal illness and so close to passing. I was amazed. I was like shocked. I said, God, how could you use that? Anyway, Tony's, uh, Sandy, Sandy's father-in-law went on to meet a Christian lady and, and he ultimately became a Christian. And three years later, sadly, he passed away last year. Three years later. And Sandy's convinced that he gave his heart to Christ. But I think that it just sort of said, oh God, words are important. Just a single word can change a life, can change a a life for eternity. What a responsibility. Lord, help me. do to share help me to do it and I want to encourage you to prophesy I want to encourage you to give a word of knowledge I want to encourage you to make a decision to speak up and share I loved it a few weeks ago when Di when my wife told me about how Di Ether is in this congregation right now was sitting there and uh, Noreen Noreen came up to her and said you know I just uh, you have you got a sore knee and Di said, well, yeah, how did you know? She said, well, I think God told me. And do you mind if I pray for you? I'm thinking, wow, that's just so cool. That is so cool. And she prayed for Di, and to, the next day her knee was feeling better. And I'm thinking, God, you are so good. This is, you know, this is great. This is what it's all about. Not being afraid to share. Speak up. Jim Keller said this, my deepest regrets are the things that I didn't say. And finally, and very quickly as time eludes us this morning, I want you to think about this, say thank you more often, say thank you. So yes, if you're you're thinking negative things about somebody or something, avoid saying it, but if you're thinking good things, then say it, but finally, And there's so many more points I could add to this, but say thank you more often. Ephesians 5 verse 19, I love this verse. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It seems like a no-brainer, doesn't it? Oh, come on, Darren, you're not talking to me about saying thank you, are you? Just two words, I mean, it's so easy. But do we do it enough? We teach our children, don't we? And all the kids said, yes, they drum it into us, Darren. Thank you to appreciate things. But I don't think we do it often enough. Think about the the story of the 10 lepers. And I'm not going to go into the details of the story, but you know it so well. Leprosy was a death sentence for people in biblical times. It was... No one touched them. No one went near them. But, and so they called out often. And as Jesus was passing by between Samaria and Galilee, he, he heard a cry from these lepers, 10 lepers, one a Samaritan, Samaritan the other's Jews. And he, he said, go and present yourself to the chief priests. And as they did that, they were healed. God healed them miraculously from leprosy, completely cleansed purified but of course pointedly and you all know so well this verse only one the samaritan came back and bowed at jesus feet and thanked him and praised him for what he did i think being thankful means coming back to the scene of the event acknowledging what has happened and verbally appreciating whoever made it possible I think we need to mine our memory for events, recent or otherwise, and come back, if you will, to that moment, to that word, to that situation, and say thank you to God for who he is and what he has done. To others who've been generous, kind, or encouraging. Seek out those who have ministered to you and say thank you. Like my friend, share with me, 20 years ago that event happened. And he said, thank you. For Christmas, my wife and I, am bringing this message to a close, but my wife and I decided to do something a little different for, for one of our daughters. We, she loves tennis. And so we shouted her a couple of tickets to the women's final of the Brisbane International. Sharapova versus Ivanovic. It was going to be a tremendous match, and she was so excited. And Dorothy and Melissa went, and during the match, I was watching the match on television. She wrote, thanks for the Christmas present, Dad. Great game. You know, for me as a father, that's all I need. I'm not, I, don't want to ever, I don't want her to ever pay me back. I don't want her to ever owe me anything in any way except, thank you, Dad. That's all I hoped for and that's what I did receive. And that makes it all worthwhile. See, she came back to the person that gave her that opportunity and she thanked me. And I thought, ah, yes. It just, it just completes the whole experience, doesn't it, as the recipient and the, and the giver. Melody Beadle said this, Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. 2000 and year, and this is my conclusion, 2014 was was a tough year for my family, I'll be honest and say that. I was glad to see the back of it. You ever have one of those New Year's Eve where you go, oh, I can't wait for the end of this year. That was me, I have to say. Have you ever had one of those sort of challenging years where, you know, not just one, not two, not three, but multiple things that you're dealing with and having to work through? I was in the thick of it about May of last year and I arranged a meeting with a family friend, an elderly Christian man who, who had wisdom in his heart, was a godly man, and I just I just wanted to make sense of all that was going on. I I just wanted... Help! I just wanted to to talk about it, and as I sat in my living room, in his living room, and I shared my heart, he responded that he'd been praying for me in advance, and that God had given him some words for me, just for me. And he said many things that day, but I can tell you now, I came in discouraged feeling despair in my life. I didn't know when the challenge was going to end. There were so many emotions that I had and I walked out of there a different person. All because of a few words. All because of a few sentences from a man of God. It encouraged me so much. It gave me strength and hope and stirred me up again in my Christian life. And one of the things he said is, Darren, keep going. Don't give up. Persevere. Things are going to get better. I feel it in my spirit. I know it in my spirit. God is going to do something amazing in your life. And he just said it. He just kept speaking that into my life, and I just, it just somehow affected me. Just a few words using a small part of the body, and yet it influenced me greatly, carrying me through the year. And as I reflected on this experience during the week, my heart just cried out to God again. I said, Lord, help me to be a person who builds people up with their words and not tears them down, as I sometimes have a tendency to do. Help me to be a person who refuses to speak unkind words, who encourages and imparts life-giving words, and help me to be a person who never forgets the grace and mercy of God on my life, who never forgets to say, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. And to those who've given to me, I hope that is your cry too, as you embrace 2015. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for the word that you've given me, And I pray that that you would speak to us all about what we say, how we say it. We bring our tongues to you, Lord. We bring our words. On the one hand, we build. And on the other hand, we curse. If we want to follow you fully, Lord, we know that this is one area of our life we need to deal with. So right now, in this moment, we ask you to forgive us for words that are said that have been unkind, that have been harsh, cruel. Not just about others, to others, but to ourselves. Lord we yield our tongue to your afresh. help us to be bold bolder help us to be more courageous help us to speak out encouraging words to one another help us to be a people building church I know we already are but take us to another level we yield ourselves afresh to you this morning we need you we need you in our life and Lord, I specifically pray this morning for those who've been hurt, terribly hurt, terribly affected by words, negative words that have been said over their life. And I just, I just pray for your hand to be upon. I pray that help us to realise that those words No longer, from this day forward, have an impact in their lives. But the canvas the canvas of their life is, is blank, is fresh, is new. It's a blue sky day. It's an opportunity, Lord, for us to live you, live for you afresh, to replace negative words with positive words. Help us to forgive those who've said negative words. Oh God. And I pray for those who need encouragement. Speak into the lives of individuals this morning. Words that encourage. Words that build. Through scripture, through an individual, through message, through whatever means. I pray for encouragement. pray for words that will build in Jesus' name.